Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, awesomes. Welcome to another episode in our Extra Awesome series. I'm Rebecca Hoffer, regular co-host of Sorta Awesome. And as you awesomes know, from time to time, we take a break from our regular schedule to talk about awesome things going on in our world. And today we are going to deep dive into one of my reality TV obsessions. Regular listeners of Sorta Awesome are no stranger to my fascination over the Bachelor franchise. But today we are celebrating my first reality TV love, Big Brother. We are going to be covering exactly how this three-month-long competition works, what strategies it takes to win, our favorites from the past, and predictions for this upcoming season. But first, allow me to introduce you to my co-host for today. I am joined by Sorta Awesome regular Dr. Kara Pence. You heard from Kara on episode 24 about asking hard questions and answering your calling, as well as episode 61 on the best books to read right now. Kara, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm so excited to be here to talk about one of our favorite things, Big Brother, I'm so excited for another summer of BB, and I cannot wait to talk to you about it. Me neither. Now, Big Brother superfans need no introduction to the show, but for those of you who have never ventured into this competition and social experiment, I would summarize Big Brother by saying it is like Survivor meets real world. 16 strangers move into a house that is filled with cameras recording their every single move. They have no contact with the outside world, and each week they vote someone out of the house as they compete to be the last one standing and winning half a million dollars. Kara and I are obviously beside ourselves with excitement because season 20 is premiering this Wednesday on CBS. Now, Kara, take us back to the beginning. Where did this crazy concept for a show come from? A lot of people have heard the phrase Big Brother, but you may not know that it originated in a book that was written in 1949 by an English author named George Orwell. He's probably most well known for his novel, The Animal Farm. A lot of us had to read that when we were growing up. But he also wrote a novel called 1984. And in that novel, there is a character almost kind of like our character of Uncle Sam, but just kind of this all-knowing, all-powerful person called Big Brother. And in this world in 1984, everything is monitored and people are mind-controlled and people are brainwashed basically into believing that there is someone out there watching their every move named Big Brother. And it was a way to kind of get people in the society to follow certain norms and rules and be surveyed by this omnipresent government, a way to basically manipulate the public. And so 
they have taken that concept of the all-knowing, all-seeing big brother and made it into a game show to where people are put into this house and where they're watched all the time. Their every move, their every word is recorded. And basically, they can use that big brother presence to manipulate the game. And so it makes for a super, super interesting and fun platform to begin a game. Now, Kara, this show has been on. This is the 20th season. I cannot even I mean, it's believe it. <laughs> like we were. So what? We were like four when it premiered. Well, maybe you were. But... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but did you watch the very first season? I did watch the very first season. I have been a fan since season one, and I have faithfully followed, even with the some of the less popular versions, including Big Brother Celebrity. I've watched every single season. What about you? Well, I started with season two. Now, I my understanding is that season one was a little bit of a different concept for the show. America did a lot of the voting and had a lot of the control over what was happening in the house, which is interesting because that really does pull from this original concept from that book of 1984. But then in season two is when they mixed things up and really gave a lot more control back to the contestants. And Big Brother premiered very close to the beginning, the very beginning of Survivor. So all of these competition reality shows were really birthed at the same time. I believe that Big Brother really helped get a lot of momentum because of the very early success from Survivor. And in fact, some Survivor fans who may be listening would recognize some Big Brother crossover in the casting that has occurred. Hayden Moss was season 12 winner of Big Brother, and he was the very first Big Brother contestant to appear on Survivor in Blood versus Water with his then-girlfriend, Kat. Caleb Reynolds was on season 16 of Big Brother. He finished fourth that year, and he was medically evacuated on day nine of season... Oh, I should have figured out how to say this. Koa Ron? I don't... I don't. <laughs> well, I'm not a Survivor watcher, so I think I said that all wrong. But he would then returned to play again on the season Game Changers. And again, he was voted out on day nine of all ironies. And then you may also know some of our Big Brother contestants from The Amazing Race, such as Rachel and Brendan, Jeff and Jordan, and most recently... Amazing race winners from season 30, Jessica and Cody, were also on last year's episodes of Big Brother. But for those who have never watched Big Brother, there is a little bit of a learning curve. So, Kara, let's take a moment to explain exactly how this game works. After the house guests enter the Big Brother house, what can we expect? So, they come in, they're really excited, they're looking at their new digs. And there's a pretty immediate competition called the head of household. And that is where they compete in a variety of different kind of competitions to win the coveted spot of what's called the head of household. The head of household has the luxury of having their own bedroom with their own TV with, where they can monitor what the house guests are doing and saying in different areas of the house. They can let whoever they want into that bedroom. But... The competitions are very different. Sometimes they're just mental. Sometimes they're physical. Sometimes they're team competitions. And then out of that is born the head of household. And so the head of household has a lot of responsibilities. They also have a lot of perks. They get a letter from home. 
They get their favorite treats. They get to avoid some of the punishments like cold showers, sleeping in the room that is not the most comfortable, and eating bad food. So the head of household has a lot of power. And that's kind of the first thing that happens after they walk in the room and or walk into the house and get acquainted with each other. Right. So we have the head of household, also called HOH for short, competition. They get all the power. They make the nominations during the nomination ceremony. And that is when the chaos really starts, right? right. <laughs> because the people who are nominated lose their ever-loving minds for the most part as they try to convince the other house guests that they should be voting out the other person rather than themselves. But before the voting begins, there is the veto competition that happens. And so that means that whoever is nominated to be evicted might not actually be up for vote at the end of the week because the nominees, the HOH, and several other house guests will compete in a veto competition. The winner of the veto has the opportunity to remove one of the nominations from the chopping block, as they call it. And then that person who wins the veto is considered safe. The person who has been removed from the chopping block is considered safe. And the head of household needs to nominate a new contestant. Then we come to more mass chaos as the final um, strategies are put into place of trying to convince house guests, who to vote for, who to evict. And then it always ends with a live eviction ceremony where all of the voting takes place. That's when we have our fearless leader, Julie Chen, who is the host of Big Brother. She helps initiate the voting process and then interviews whoever has been evicted. The evicted house guests will either go home if it's earlier on in the season and they get to enjoy watching the rest of the season play out on their televisions just like us. Or if it's later in the season, they will actually be sequestered so that they can come back as a jury without having seen anything that happened while they were gone. So speaking of juries, every jury has different strategies and qualities that they look for when they are coming back to vote for the winner. So, Kara, let's talk about gameplay and some of the most popular strategies that people employ inside the house. First of all, social game. What is it? What does that mean? So the people that really try to have a strong social game, make a lot of friends, be friends with everybody help life in the house be easier. Maybe they're the people who really clean up the place for everybody to make a nice living environment. They're the ones that are the peacekeepers. They are the ones that are making the homemade chocolate chip cookies. They are the ones that are just basically making life in the house funner. There have been house favorites in the past that maybe they're the practical joker. I think of everyone's favorite Asian cowboy, James, who would hide in the trash can and scare <laughs> right. people when they came out. You know, those are the people with the amazing social games. And that is one way of making it far in the game is trying to be everybody's friend, trying to get on everyone's good side and staying off the radar as far as um, the radar for eviction by uh, being friends with everybody. So that is definitely one good strategy. It can be argued whether or not that takes you to the end of the game, but definitely a great strategy to be successful. Right. And then you have the people who are much more just flat out strategic. They are in the ears of everybody about talking about who should be evicted, who should be nominated. They are they're always looking 
three, four, five, 20 steps ahead. What should be happening next? Who should we be going after next? And sometimes that strategic type of mindset can be seen in um, winning lots of competitions, but it's not always about the competition win. It's about maybe the behind the scenes manipulation, the being in people's ears and really analyzing And looking at how people are interacting socially and using those social interactions to their advantage to manipulate the situation and turn it all on its head so that people are actually carrying out what they want to see done. You might see somebody who's a really strategic um, in the ear of the HOH and convincing them somehow to nominate people that they never would have thought of, but yet they end up thinking that it was their idea. Yes, the strategic people are also the ones that are really good at forming the alliances. Um, Alliances are super important for the Big Brother game to help carry you far, but also to help bring the the strategy to fruition. Like with, you know, you're going to need the majority of the numbers to vote out the person you want to vote out. And so the strategic people are really good at forming good alliances that may have a person in it with a great social game, but also a great person who has, you know, the athletic and mental abilities to win the competition so that you position yourself and your alliance to make it farther in the game by having people in the HOH seat, having people, you know, on your side for voting strategies. So I think the strategic people tend to make it far in the game because they are thinking those 20 steps ahead. Yes, most definitely. And I would say there's also the competition beasts who we always see is that's their strategy, that they go out and they win every single competition, or at least they try their hardest (laughs) to win every competition. Now, there's two different types of competition beasts in my mind. There are the type that they are going after it because they're just kind of in their own minds and they want all of the control and they want all of the power and they just simply want the win and they almost like can't even help themselves but to go after it every single time. And then you have the competition beasts that are going after it and winning it every single time because their life is on the line and they simply have to. If they don't win the HOH, then they're the ones that are on the chopping block and they're out the door. They have to to win it. I would say that the people who are the major competition winners, I agree. They don't make it the long haul. It's important for the BB newbies out there to know that it doesn't make sense to win every single competition all the time because a lot of the people, like if you are HOH one week, you cannot compete in the HOH competition the next week. And so that is part of the strategy is, okay, is this number one, a competition that I can win, but also should I win it? Because it's going to, potentially negatively affect you in the future. And so you can't come in just planning on winning every single competition, number one, because it's not possible. But just like you said, Rebecca, it also puts a huge target on your back to get evicted. And then you have the final strategy, which is having the smallest target possible on your back. And that would be what we call the floaters. Right, Kara? (laughs) That is right. This is a word that was actually coined on Big Brother. So you may hear people out there talking about floaters, but floaters are notorious in this game. They are, we love to hate the floaters. And so you, yes, it gets you farther in the game to have a small target on your back, but then people start noticing who the floaters are and that makes them angry because they're not, if you will, getting blood on their hands. And so the floaters very quickly throughout the season, get recognized and they will be punished 
for not putting their neck out there a little bit. Well, and the idea is that floaters are just simply floating along on the backs of everybody else, right? They're the ones that are really good uh, at the social game, usually. They're seen as weak. They're seen as incapable of winning. And so what ends up happening is that people will pull them along with them and say, oh, no, we're not going to vote them out this week because... (laughs) Why, like, why, why, why waste? waste? <laughs> why waste an eviction on this person, right? Instead, let's pull them along. They can't win anything. They're not going to win the game as a whole. So let's pull them along t- till the end, and then we'll just get rid of them at the last minute until you know. Yes. Sometimes that backfires. But <laughs> now, tell me though, Kara, what strategy do you like to see in a winner? I love to see in a winner somebody who does all the things. They're good at competitions when they need to be. They know when to back off. They're not jerks to everybody. They're kind and um, really take the time to to form relationships with people. I love, though, to me, the biggest thing that will get them my vote in the end is the strategy. I have to see how they're making their decisions, why they're making their decisions. And I love to see them be able to use their social game to their advantage to manipulate people in a kind way, of course, <laughs> to get it, to get them to do what they want to do to make it farther in the game. Those have been my favorite players in the past. I am right there with you. I need to see the strategy. I need to see the strategy behind the social game. I don't want somebody at the end to say that they played an excellent social game and that's why nobody can see any of their accomplishments because they just were like such good friends that, it seems like there can be a social game that's like social slash floater or social slash strategic, if that makes sense. And that's the kind of person that I want to see, the strategic person who has the right. social spin on their game. But now I have to tell you, if I was playing this game, <laughs> I, the strategy that I would have would probably be... <laughs> It would be awful. I mean, I just would be, I would be terrible this game. Kara, would you be good at it? I think you would be. Oh, that's so kind. I would like to think that I would be, but I'm telling you, I have, I would cry. Anyone that knows me knows that if the slightest (laughs) little confrontation happens, I'm crying in the corner. Same. Um, I would be like, I'd be like, okay, now you're my best friend and you're in my alliance. And then I would just not be able to keep things to myself. But man, in, in my dream world, I would be the master at the strategy and the social game and um, hopefully never have to eat slop, which is, you know, another fun BB thing that happens. People that are kind of on the outs, they have to eat uh, mushy food called slop. And I would I would probably um, end up on slop every single week until I was evicted in real life. But yeah, I think I would be terrible. I I would hope that my social game would be good, but it wouldn't be because I would be completely paranoid, overreact. Uh, I hate it when people don't like me and are mad at me. And um, that happens like a lot (laughs) in Big Brother. It's kind of the name of the game. game. I know. I would never apply. I know. Not only would I do that, then I would like try to mend fences by telling everyone my secrets. I'd be like, now let's be friends and forgive each other. And then here's my strategy. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. But now, Kara, you've been watching 
Big Brother since absolutely day one. I have been watching since season two, have not missed any seasons since. Now, let's walk down memory lane and share some of our favorites from the past. Let's start with the big one. Who is your all-time favorite winner? This is so hard, but I think it's got to be Derek from season... Eighteen. <laughs> Sorry, I I thought I had it pulled up. Derek is my quintessential. I mean, he has all the things. He changed his entire body to fit his game. He went in. This guy came into the game as a detective. He knew that that would not be good because people may you know think that he was excellent then at strategy, and so he basically changed who he was from top to bottom, changed the way he talked. He lost a bunch of weight. He changed his hair. He changed everything. He started out with the strongest alliance, arguably in the history of the game that stayed together till the very end. He was thinking 20 steps ahead. Um, He would tell America every week exactly what he was going to do, how he was going to do it. And then Sure enough, that's exactly what he did. He won comps when he needed to. He was never placed on the eviction chair one time during his whole season. I believe, Rebecca, he was the only one to not ever be evicted in the history of, or not be up for eviction in the history of the game, um, if I'm remembering correctly. So what a great player. He never did anything to really make anybody mad. He was friends with everyone. And... um they all forgave him in the end <laughs> for their per- perhaps perceived manipulation. And I just think he was an amazing, amazing player. What about you, Rebecca? Who's your favorite winner? Well, you know, you're you're so right about Derek. I feel like on paper, he really did play a flawless game. He he played just about the best game. However, he is not my favorite winner because I didn't find him quite as fun to watch. So my favorite winner of all time goes all the way back to season two, Dr. Will Kirby. I love Will so much. I love him. Will was, I mean, he... He was extremely good at the manipulation and the social game, but yet he had this uncanny power to tell people pretty much the straight out truth, and yet they still would side with him. He's known, most well known for when he was up for eviction, he was able to give a speech telling people why they should not nominate or why they should not vote for him out. He told every single house guest how much he hated them, and yet they still chose to keep him in the house. (laughs) His diary room confessions are absolute gold. I just loved him. He came back in um, in a previous season for an All-Stars, and I loved him then, too. I just, I have to say, I, I really think that Dr. Will has to be a big part of the success of Big Brother, that everybody really saw what kind of manipulation and mastermind, he was called the puppet master, what kind of mastermind it really can take to dominate this game. And I found a article when I was researching who all the winners were to refresh myself. It was from Entertainment Weekly. They asked people to vote on who their favorite winners were. And Will won by a landslide. He had more than double the amount of votes for favorite winner 
to the next person in line. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Now, I would give honorable mention to Dan. I am a huge Dan fan. I liked him when he won his season, but I loved him when he came back as a coach. And ultimately, I feel like he should have won that season. Ian was the one who actually did win. Um, There were some flaws in Dan's social game, but he, again, was an amazing mastermind manipulating behind the scenes. There was one point where he went into um, like solitary confinement for 24 hours as a punishment in one of the competitions that he was in. And during that time, he just spent the whole time trying to figure out how he could get himself out of this. He was backed into a corner. And how can he get himself out of it? He ended up having a funeral service for himself in which in front of the entire house, he disowned his closest ally so that she would be considered safe for the rest of the game and that she would bring him along. I mean, it was just incredible. He he is the best person to have played and not won. Although he got second, in my opinion. <laughs> His funeral speech, I I think, is for sure one of the greatest uh, moments in Big Brother history. I completely agree with you. He is quite the character, super fun to follow on Twitter. And I, I also want to say for sure on Dr. Will, some have said that he is responsible too for Boogie, Mike Boogie, winning season seven um, during the All-Star season. And so I... They have kept him coming back. He does the jury interviews the past several years. Um, he, some people may know him from Dr. 90210 as well. Um, oh, he's yes, just that's a right. brilliant guy. And he was, I, I get your love of Dr. Will for sure. So now let's talk about who we love to hate. Who's been out of the past seasons, your favorite villain in the house? Okay. Well, this one's a little easy. Evil Dick was <gasps> the too! absolute worst, best villain in the history of man. I mean, I think, Rebecca, like part of the casting strategy is to just have a horrible person um, <laughs> or somebody who's not necessarily horrible in real life, but somebody to play that role of I'm going to be the biggest jerk that I can possibly be and make it through. And I do think that may start with what Dr. Will started, although he didn't do it in a jerky way. He was just honest about his Uh, manipulations, like you said. And so Evil Dick took it to the extreme. And he is for sure the funnest villain. He also came back for another season with his daughter. And that was fun to watch. Um, Him and his daughter, Danielle, were just, uh, just really interesting to watch and just a fun, fun character to watch. And definitely fit the role of villain for me. Yeah. And I I feel like part of his appeal is how much love he had for his daughter, Danielle. Now, in that season when they were together, it was season eight, and the house was filled with people who had pre-Big Brother history together, but they did not know that they were going to be on the show with somebody from their past. So Dick and Danielle were previously estranged. They were um, not talking to each other, and there was definite tension between them. And I really felt for Danielle. It seemed like a really awful situation to be in. But Dick, his love for his daughter really shone through. As much as there was conflict between them, and you could tell that 
this was not going to be the solution to all of their relationship problems. There was just like he played the game for her. And it was so evident in everything that he did. It was that was a really interesting twist that year. They Big Brother, one of their sayings is expect the unexpected. And the twist that year being what you said was was quite unexpected. And it was really an interesting case study in humanity, if you will, watching them reconnect after their estrangement. And I had forgotten about that, honestly, but that was that was really exciting. So we often have people who are budding heads in the house, but then we also have budding romance in the house. Kara, who is your favorite showmance, as they say? And what, what is exactly a showmance? Okay, a showmance is a romance that starts on the show. This term was coined once again by Dr. Will way back in season two. And it's where a guy and a girl come into the house, they don't know each other, and then they fall in love. The other uh, word that is frequently used is a bromance, um, which is, you know, a common term in our in our world. But this is kind of where Dr. Will came up with this. So showman, my favorite showmance, I, I gotta say it's Jeff and Jordan. They're just, yeah. Jeff and Jordan were super fun to watch on the show. They were super fun to watch on The Amazing Race. Jordan is a sweet country bumpkin, if you will, that she's They're a previous good winner. People. They're good people. She's a previous winner. She won season 11. Um, and she is very popular in the Big Brother world for just saying crazy things. Um, just saying really funny some, Maybe a little ditzy? Sometimes ditzy little sayings. And Jeff, her <laughs> love interest, he would just laugh. So a lot of the footage that Big Brother decided to show in their edit was just them laughing, him laughing at her in a sweet, adoring way. And to watch them truly fall in love and then for it to actually stick. Apparently now they're married. They're expecting their second child in September from what I read. They are just America's little, you know, sweet couple that everyone hopes to find someday. And I just loved watching them fall in love. They, CBS brings them back, you know, every couple of seasons to give us an update. Um, Jeff has had a show that he has worked with CBS to talk to um, people as they've gotten kicked out of the show. That's been fun to watch. He's just a really charismatic, energetic character. And so if you kind of want a fun binge, see if you can go back and find their original season, season 11. Go back and watch season 11 and watch how their love blossomed in their, in my favorite showmance. It really is amazing how many couples have actually gotten married from this crazy social experiment. So you have Jeff and Jordan, also Rachel and Brendan, and who else is there? There's um, Danielle and Dominique. And is there somebody else? I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Um, what about the couple that just finished Amazing Race and they actually won? Oh, yes. They are engaged. Cody and Jessica. Cody and Jessica. Yeah, they are engaged. And I have not seen any headlines of them getting married, but I will not be surprised if that happens. Well, my favorite showmance actually was not Jeff and Jordan, although they get my honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite showmance. You're going to laugh at me. It's from the All-Star season. It was Will and Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, Janelle is my favorite player of all time, um, even though I haven't mentioned her this entire um, segment. But 
I loved that as well. Please tell me all the things about Will and Janelle so I can sit here smiling like a goofy person. <laughs> okay, well, number one, they, so they came back for an all-star season. So Will won season two, Janelle won her season. They come back and- Janelle did not they, win, by the way. No. Sorry. Oh, she didn't win? No, she was not oh. a winner. She She dominated the game and I still- hold a lot of regret in my heart for her that she was not a winner. She, she's one of the ones that the only reason she stayed around as long as she did was because she won every stinking competition that there was. Now talking about a competition beast, Janelle is that she was amazing. amazing, amazing. And so Janelle, you have the competition beast in her, you have the master puppet master manipulator and will. And there was just something about their chemistry. They were 100% using each other. I mean, they both admitted that. It was purely strategic. It was all for the show. But yet I wanted it to be real so badly. <laughs> I remember even watching compilation videos of them on YouTube and thinking of all their like flirty romance moments and just thinking, oh, I just really wish this was true. I wish this was real. But like they never once kissed I don't think they held hands. They just were this like constant flirting with each other. They just they, they were just using each other in like the best way possible. It was perfect in every way. Oh, I love them so much. Okay. Something else that we always love. We love a good twist. Expect the unexpected. Kara, what in all these past seasons has been your favorite twist? On Big Brother. It's got to be the twin twist. What they did was they yes. were so good. So smart. They had identical twins um, that were switching in and out of the house. And they were playing one game. And then towards the you know middle of the game, they brought both of the both sets of people into the house at the same time. But that was so interesting to see how they switched off. They had very little time to update each other and their personalities were very different. So they were trying to act like the same person. What an amazing, fun thing to watch. And um, it led to a lot of giggles and laughs while people were starting to figure it out. And um, that was that was very fun to watch. I simply cannot imagine being in the house with a twin twist going on. I. I don't think I would realize that it was nope. happening because it just seems way too far-fetched. So it originally happened for the very first time on season five. They repeated again just recently on season 17. And it is also my favorite twist of all time because it just it, it just seems like so impractical and impossible. How you can have two people pretending to be one in complete seclusion. It just is. It just was phenomenal. There is actually so much more to Big Brother than just what is happening on your television screens. There are actually live streams that you can subscribe to and you can watch what is happening because maybe we didn't make this clear at the beginning of the show, but this is all happening in actual real time. This is not something that's like pre-recorded like The Bachelor and then they're editing it all together and we're watching it, you know, months, weeks later. This is all happening live and in real time and with some of the best editors and producers on the planet, I am convinced. But you can subscribe to watch the live stream on your computer like 24 hours a day. But there are uh, YouTube shows dedicated to covering 
Big Brother. There are podcasts dedicated to covering Big Brother. What is your favorite way to supplement your Big Brother watching? I love Dan on Twitter, um, Dan Giesling. He, you mentioned before, as your honorable mention for favorite um, winner in the past, he is great on Twitter. He he does a lot of other things that are unrelated to Big Brother, but he has some good insight. He's just a fun person to follow on social media. So I would totally recommend um, following him. And Reddit has some really great streams. And I, I have in the past watched Big Brother After Dark. And that is always fun. And especially in the beginning when there's a lot of people uh, as the numbers dwindle down, there's not really a lot to watch, but the live feeds are really, really fun. So I would say Dan on Twitter and Big Brother After Dark have been my favorites. Have you ever subscribed to watch the live feeds? Are you a um, live feeder? Not in the past several seasons, but um, early um, when they did them originally, yes. Okay, yes. I, I myself am not a live feeder, um, but my favorite to follow to supplement the season, I cannot get through a season without listening to the podcast Rob has a podcast. That's that's the name of it. Rob has a podcast. It is hosted by Rob, who was um, you know plunged into the world of reality competition television during his time on Survivor, and then he goes on to do these recap shows of all kinds of reality television, mostly concentrating on Survivor and Big Brother. And his recaps on Big Brother are extremely detail-oriented. I mean, they are really analyzing the strategy, the motivations behind all of the contestants, uh, making predictions. They have people who are dedicated to watching the live streams and keeping up on what is going on that we are not seeing presented to us on our television screens. And I, I simply can't fathom watching a season of Big Brother without Rob Has a Podcast. One really good thing about Rob Has a Podcast is that they do have spoilers, okay? But they are very strategic in their spoilers. So if you prefer to watch the season spoiler-free and not know what is coming ahead, who people are talking about evicting on eviction night and so forth... You can listen to the first section of the podcast, and then he always gives a very clear warning about spoilers coming up. And then they dive into what is happening in the live feed, and they you know, analyze all of that and talk about what uh, is happening behind the scenes and what we can expect to be seeing. So my strategy for how I consume Big Brother is I watch the show on TV. I will listen to the recap on Rob has a podcast. I will stop at the spoilers and then watch the next episode. And then sometimes I will go back and then hear what they had to say in the spoiler section to see if there's anything juicy that they did not end up showing on TV. But I prefer to consume my big brother uh, spoiler free personally. I don't mind the spoilers sometimes, especially if I am. I've already heard a little tidbit at work or something because I wasn't able to watch it. That is one thing. Big Brother can be a commitment. Am I right, Rebecca? It, because it's on at least three times oh my a goodness. week. I say bring it on, but it may be a little bit of a commitment. So sometimes if I just don't have time, then catching up with Rob has a podcast is amazing. Because like you said, they go into a lot of detail. They talk about a lot of things that maybe also miss the edit for for the actual, you know, what they show on TV. And so it kind of helps give you some context at times. I'm so thankful to you for um, introducing me to Rob has a podcast. I think it's probably the best uh, supplement to the show for sure. Now, looking ahead to season 20, CBS released the cast and their bios earlier this month. So, Kara, who stood out to you? I love me some Casey Clark. So, apparently, okay. she is a pro football player. 
she just looks cute as a button. She's got her little hair in a bun. She has a very serious shirt on in her bio picture. Um, it's like a button up. She has it buttoned up all the way. Um, and the three adjectives she says that <laughs> describes her are fun, positive, and athletic. I think um, she looks like she has a strategy going on. Maybe she dresses like that every day in real life, but it seems like she's maybe coming in um, going to be like the conservative, quiet um, role and then plan on really dominating in the competitions. But she just has a sweet little look to her face and looks like she has some brains there for sure and definitely athletic. And I think she might be a fun person for America to get to know. Well, Sam stood out to me. She is 27 years old. She's a welder. And I am voting her most likely to overplay at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Every season we have that one contestant who just like dives in like all the way and they play way too hard, way too fast. They paint way too big of a target on their back and everybody just votes them out right away. They see them as a threat and they're like, no. You got to get out of here. So I'm voting that person to be Sam. I think that her strategy sounded good. Um, In her bio, she said that she plans to throw competitions, but she wants the first HOH to establish herself as a leader. She plans to find several alliances and pick one to take to the end. I see so many red flags here, Karen. (laughs) That sounds like my game. (laughs) It would be bad. Yeah, but it's... No, it's not good. It is not good. You should not want the first HOH. She says she wants to establish herself as a leader, but those leaders, those first HOHs, they they are always doomed. I mean, I'm not a complete Big Brother historian, but has there been anybody who has won the first HOH and gone on to win the entire thing? Not my, not to my knowledge, but also, I mean, is this not the exact strategy that we discussed was terrible for winning? Has she not watched any other season of Big Brother in the history of the 20 seasons? I know. I had a lot of hope for her when I was first reading through her strategy. I was like, okay, throw competitions. Yes, do that. Wait, Warren, first HOH? No. Several alliances? No. She's going to get caught. She's... It, it, I... I'm voting her most likely to overplay at the beginning. I love so it. So who else, who else stood out to you? So I think we have a floater maybe the best floater of all time in Rockstar. Um, Angie Rockstar Lantry is a 34-year-old. She's a stay-at-home mom. She has an amazing look. Really beautiful pink hair, the big glasses. Um, I think her strategy sounds good. She Her strategy is to ride the middle, do well enough, but not stand out too much. Um, It sounds to me like she is going to be one of these um, Frankie Grande type people that is yes. friends with everyone. Um, and it will remain to be seen whether or not she can actually rise above that floater status or, um, or if she's gonna have to kind of step it up and, and be as loud as her hair and <laughs> right, <laughs> make a statement right. in the game. You know, she stood out to me also. I thought her strategy seemed like it was going to be pretty good. I was a little bit concerned for her that her favorite characters, or not characters, her favorite cast from all time did include like Frankie Grande. And I thought, you know, I'm not sure if she's going to have the strategy it takes to actually get all the way to the end. But she definitely, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to put out there. So another one who stood out to me is Angela She is 26 years old. She is a fitness model, and I am voting her most likely to be in a showmance. (laughs) Yes, with Brett Robinson. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) 
she says in her bio, one of the hardest parts about being in the house is going to be releasing her roster of boy toys in L.A. What I mean, <laughs> what, what does that even mean? She has all these guys on the side that she's going to have to say goodbye to. Sounds like she is just happy to be spreading her her wild oats and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were going to say. <laughs> My word. Well, you hope that she is uh, paired up with, uh, who was that? Brett, did you say? (laughs) Yes. He was my vote for best, or he was my vote for um, most likely to be in a showman. He's a cybersecurity engineer. He seems the most, uh, to me, I thought he was the one that may go all the way. I mean, he does have that kind of annoying, all-American, like, I'm perfect look to him. Um, But... He must have a brain. Cybersecurity engineer. I heard some spoilers that maybe he did some government work. I don't know. Oh. He he sounds like he may be a Derek-esque, uh, you know, statistician, statistician type strategic player. Um, but I'm not keeping my hopes up that he's not going to get uh, distracted by the likes of Miss Angela for sure. Well, I, I think that's probably likely. I, I'm personally hoping that her showmance ends up being with scotty who is um 26 and says he's never been kissed i think that would make her very adorable i love him so much he's i'm gonna be rooting for that guy he's adorable (laughs) okay and so who are you predicting is going to take it all the way i have no prediction except that i want swaggy c to make it to the final two at least um he's a day trader uh, lives in Connecticut. He's 23. Um, he is, he describes himself as outspoken, rebellious, and analytical. So he got me an analytical. Yes. I like his, um, the fact that one of his favorite cast members in the past is Paul, who, um, if, if you're a fan of Big Brother, you know that Paul is kind of the best player that never won, if you will. I mean, some would argue Janelle is, but I like that they asked him, what's your strategy for winning? And he said, I have a strategy for winning. And that's all he would share. Right. So to <laughs> right. me, I, I think he may be one of these that uh, I hope he's not one that kind of fizzles out with his um, maybe his temper um, and his outspoken rebellion, uh, getting in the way of him focusing on the game and playing the game he needs to do to kind of stay enough under the radar. But I think if he can keep that in check, he may win. What do you think, Rebecca? Yeah. Well, I think for me, it was down to him or Rachel. Yes. And um, his his outspokenness in his the way he described himself, that, that kind of gave me pause. I kind of wonder if his mouth is going to get him in trouble. But Rachel, she's 29. She's a Vegas entertainer. And I'm voting her most likely to win because her strategy seems pretty on point. She does not want the first OH, HOH. She made that very clear. She wants to work more behind the scenes. And I think that really is the key to making it the long haul. She also said in her bio that she uses, she says, I use my power over men to make huge tips on the job. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't, I don't doubt that um, she has a very appealing personality. And (laughs) I think that that's also been used to her advantage. It's, it sounds to me like she, you know, she's, she's already, used to manipulating a little bit. You know, she's used to using her assets of sorts to get what she wants. And I'm, I, 
I'm picking her as as our I'll as our be winner for you <laughs> for that as well. I think she reminds me a lot, and I don't know if it's just because her name is Rachel and she's a Vegas entertainer, but she reminds me of a previous winner, Rachel, who uh, made it through for very similar reasons. Um, and so I I uh, I'm really looking forward to this season. I think it could be a really good one. I really encourage our listeners to. If even if you've never seen it before, just start. It's so fun. There's so much strategy you can discuss. Um, so much. I don't know. It's it is such a fun show to watch, and I'm really really pumped up. It's my favorite part of the summer. Forget vacation. Forget being off school. Forget <laughs> going to the pool and ice cream and snow cones. It's Big Brother. It's Big Brother season for sure. So don't miss the two hour season twenty premiere of Big Brother. It is happening on Wednesday, June twenty seventh at eight seven central on CBS. Also, you can watch it on CBS All Access. Again, this show it is a time commitment. It is on three times a week on. Uh, on CBS. You'll be able to watch episodes for free on CBS.com the day after they air. They are usually available for free for about a week. So if you, you know, get kind of backed up, you can catch up there. Also, if you subscribe to CBS All Access, then you can watch all of the episodes of the season, even previous seasons, and that will give you access to the live stream. Kara, I know that you are always up for more Big Brother discussions, so please tell us where the awesomes can find you. I am on Facebook, and you can always find me in the Sorta Awesome Hangout group as Kara Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y Pence. Um, please friend me. I'd love to see you there. And also on Twitter at Surgeon Songs. I am a surgeon, so Surgeon Songs, at Surgeon Songs. And you can find that hang, Hangout group on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Simply Rebecca. Of course, you can find new episodes of Sorta Awesome every Friday in your favorite podcast app or on Spotify. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.